Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. A lot to get to. Can you believe all of the conference realignment news and the shakeup? Washington headed to the Big Ten Conference. Uh, just crazy. Uh, USC, UCLA, we knew about those two additions, but now some uh, additional additions to the Big Ten Conference in Oregon and Washington coming to the Big Ten. I think it makes sense. Obviously, it makes sense to the Big Ten from a television and a market perspective. It makes sense to add, if you're going to have USC and UCLA, some additional West Coast Conference teams as well. But uh, just hard to believe uh, where we're at with conference realignment, what the new Big Ten Conference is going to look like. It's hard to believe that this stuff is over. It likely seems. I don't know if we're going to get any other movement here very soon, but at some point down the line, there are some other big chips that still need to fall in this conference realignment situation. One of those is Notre Dame in-state. It would be a huge get for the Big Ten Conference. The other is the ACC. Those schools are hooked into a long-term television agreement. It would take a lot for them to get out. Maybe some legal battles could ensue, but definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with conference realignment moving forward. Glad to have you with us for this Monday edition of the program. I do want to give you a show note. We will be with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. We will not have a program on Friday, so that's the lay of the land uh, as we enter the first full week of August. We are cruising to the start of college football later this month. Week zero is, what, three weeks away? High school football a week and a half away. Scrimmages set for this Friday night. So that lull that we get each summer where basketball dives down and sports come to a crawl, It's getting ready to pick back up here in the next couple weeks in the area, and it's going to be all football. That's exciting. But after football, we know what season it is, and that is basketball. So excited for everything to get back uh, in line. I know we had a lot of storms overnight. I saw some of the local school systems uh, either not in today or on a delay because of weather uh, that knocked out a lot of electricity. I understand a lot of downed trees in some of the districts so interesting for sure um, and of course the Sherman Minton Bridge that's another deal locally that finally uh, at least one way is reopened and hopefully that helps traffic so we've got a lot going on getting ready for a football season and uh, a lot going on in the the news locally here it seems this time of the year let's look at the show lineup for today a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany segment one here in just a moment we'll get into our daily news and headlines, plenty to get to. Miller Cop 
is uh, re-up to play more professional basketball overseas. Tickets are now on sale and available for the Indiana-Auburn game on December 9th. We'll tell you some of those details and a handful of other IU basketball notes, including an update, a final update from the IU women. They have been over in Greece playing a two-game series and a lot of travel and sightseeing there as well. We'll tell you how dominant they were uh, out of the country and a number of other thoughts. I've got some things on the conference realignment that we'll talk about and a couple local notes here in this opening segment. Later today, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star scheduled to be with us. Zach uh, at IU football practice today, and he'll hear from Tom Allen coming up later in the hour. So we'll get a chance to chat with Zach just before he learns more as we inch closer to the college football season. And then later in the show today, Chad Gilbert, IHSA executive board member and the athletic director at Charlestown High School. He will be with us as we talk the latest in local sports. And over the weekend, we had the Battle of the Bridges, which is a annual get-to-school, back-to-school situation, all-star game between Southern Indiana and the Louisville metro area. And so we'll talk about that today with Chad. And uh, Winning Time, the HBO Max series, or I guess the HBO series on the Showtime Lakers with Kareem and, of course, so much of it focused on Magic Johnson. I know Chad loves that program. I've taken a liking to it as well. And uh, last year, when the season one debuted, we recapped the episodes each week here on the show. So I'm sure with the series two debuting last night that uh, we will uh, get into the episode one from series two when Chad is with us coming up today. That's the lineup of service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can now uh, take them uh, to go. You can dine in, and, of course, curbside service remains available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Let's get a reminder, the Thornton's text line, you know, I don't have access to it today. Couldn't get logged in. Uh, is that number 502-414-1450? Again, 502-414-1450. So if st- something strikes your fancy today, you can send it in. And when I get access to it, hopefully for our Tuesday program, we'll share it on the air. Uh, the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce Fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And if we can get to the text line, if I can get access to it, we'll share them on the program today. Let's get into our headlines. Plenty to get to here in this opening opening segment on this Monday program. Former IU basketball forward, Miller Cop is going to continue his uh, basketball journeys overseas In an announcement on Instagram over the weekend, Cop announced that he has signed with a team in France, and uh, he was traveling to France in a a photo that he posted over the weekend. So his season, at least the preseason and the training camp, is just around the corner. But great to see Miller Cop continuing to play professional basketball. I noticed the league in France that he's in, the team that he's on, one of the good ones, and the top tier of professional basketball in the country of France. So Miller Cop not just playing overseas and making good money, but he also is getting a chance to play the game at a very high level as well. It was announced over the weekend that Indiana tickets for the Auburn-Indiana game are now on sale uh, beginning 
uh, actually tomorrow, August 8th, is when the tickets will go on sale. Fans can sign up for an email announcement on the holiday hoops giving website and mississippi state will play december 9th against an opponent to be determined of course iu and auburn also scheduled for that day iu will receive a 125,000 guaranteed payment for participating in the event iu and auburn have met once before it was a 1070 excuse me a 1070 to 90 win for the hoosiers in indianapolis that game was back on march of 19 87. That was a round of 32 win for Indiana in route to the Hoosiers 1987 National Championship, as we will all remember that. A couple other college basketball notes related to Indiana. Uh, a lot of announcements on social media over the weekend and last week about new assistant coaches at Division I programs, both on the men's and women's side. And I would forgot to mention this, but college basketball staffs, per the NCAA, can now have five assistant coaches. And IU men's and women's programs, I would think in the very near future, will be making announcements about who will fill those additional roles. So could Mike Woodson go outside of the program, bring in another big name or someone with connections to IU, or maybe someone that Coach Woodson worked with in his time in the NBA? Absolutely. Could he maybe promote Jordan Hulls, who is in a support staff role at this time, to that additional coaching position? That seems like a good possibility as well. So when we get the announcement from Indiana, it'll be really interesting to see which direction Coach Woodson goes for the future of the coaching staff. The IU women, they have been over in Greece on an international trip. They only played two games against international opponents. Both of them were teams based from the country of Greece. And the Hoosiers defeated both of their opponents by a combined margin of 135 points. So an unbelievable dominance that Indiana did show over the weekend. And I don't have the, the details in front of me, but uh, uh, one of their key players, uh, I believe it's Sarah, Sarah Scalia. I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name correctly, but she was injured. And I haven't seen much come out on the details of how serious the injury was. She obviously is a key player for the IU women and will be uh, as much, if not more, a key player next season, but she was injured during the trip. I guess as good as these trips are for team building and early preparation and extra practice and all that sort of thing, maybe that's why some of the schools are electing to choose to play only a couple games and not four or five or six games because of injuries and the negatives that can happen in some of these overseas trips, whether it's the Bahamas or somewhere really far and exotic like Greece, that is a negative. So Indiana with an injury over the weekend with the IU women, and we'll see how serious that is as she is expected to be a big part of the team this coming season. You know, all the talk about conference realignment, Washington and Oregon added to the Big Ten Conference on Friday, the conference growing. It's becoming a national conference. There's no question about it. The Big Ten has set itself up to be the super conference, if not one of two, maybe three super conferences when all of the movement in college sports is over with. So how's Indiana fared over the years in the few matchups they've had with Washington and with Oregon, two new conference members that they will be playing not just in basketball and football, but in all sports very soon. Well, the programs between Indiana and Washington 
have met four times in basketball. Indiana currently leads that series 3-1. to one. The most recent meeting between IU and Washington was when the Hoosiers defeated Washington 102-84 back at the 2013 2K Classic at Madison Square Garden in New York. And in case you were wondering, Troy Williams led Indiana in that game with 22 points. Yogi Ferrell was a key member of the Hoosiers in that time frame, and Yogi had 20 points in that contest as well. Indiana 3-0 against Oregon in basketball. Uh, IU has never played in Oregon on the home floor of the Ducks, nor have they ever played on the home court of Washington either. The Hoosiers did face Oregon State in Eugene back in 1953, I saw, but no games against Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. So it uh, is interesting to think Indiana will be playing on a somewhat regular basis, Oregon and Washington in future seasons. Add to that USC and UCLA in future seasons of college basketball. That is uh, definitely a major change in the hierarchy of the Big Ten Conference. One other note about conference alignment that just doesn't make sense, and I know that none of this is being done with rivalries uh, in tow or none of this is being done with uh, the thought of the fan. This is all about television. It's all about money. It's all about big business. But I struggle to understand, and again, this I, I don't know it, so what does my opinion matter? But I struggle to understand how the Big Ten can go west and add UCLA and USC and now add Washington and Oregon and leave Stanford and Cal out there hanging. I know that neither one of their football programs are great. Their basketball has sure bounced up and down over the years. Stanford has always had a really good women's college basketball program. But I was reading a story over the weekend specifically about uh, uh, Stanford and how many Olympic prospects and folks from Stanford alumni that have went on uh, to win Olympic gold medals representing the country of the United States. And to me, when you add schools, you always think about, I do at least, the great basketball programs out there that maybe uh, the Big Ten could add to the conference down the line, depending on the future of the ACC. You think about good football teams as well. But we have to remember these conferences play all sorts of sports. Uh, It's not just those big dogs that we talk about on a regular basis. So really surprising to me that Stanford continues to be without a home in this new world of college sports, or at least since this weekend. To me, Cal and Stanford are obvious additions to the Big Ten to help create a West Coast feel to things, uh, to add some neighbors to USC, UCLA, now Washington and Oregon. But Maybe it just doesn't make sense to the business people, to the bean counters, to the television networks, and the other things that are guiding so much of these college movement and these college changes. So maybe the Big Ten feels sure they're going to add Notre Dame. Maybe they feel sure that they know something about ACC movement with Florida State, uh, where they're going to get to the number they want to be at. But, boy, Stanford especially seems like a good one to grab for multiple reasons, but Uh, We'll see if things change. As of now, there's been no rumors, no movement with Stanford uh, to the Big Ten, but we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. We all know how quickly this stuff can get fired up and how quickly things can change in the business of conference realignment. Local headline for you, the Battle of the Bridges was played on Saturday night over at Mid-America in Louisville. And for years now, it has become or it is a back-to-school gathering, kind of a 
reminder that school is here, that high school sports and basketball just around the corner, a gathering of Southern Indiana All-Stars and also a team from Metro Louisville. They always square off going all the way down to second and third grade some years. Boys and girls getting a chance for the youngest of the young to get an early feel for the rivalry between the two states when it comes to basketball and other sports. The main game, the Kentucky boys and the Indiana boys, primarily guys that are going to be seniors this upcoming season, was the nightcap on Saturday. And in overtime, Kentucky, the Metro Louisville team, defeated the Southern Indiana entry 109-102 in a high-scoring game. Uh, Trey Singleton of Jeffersonville in the loss for Indiana. He was named MVP. And, uh, boy, it's hard to think with all the uh, headlines coming out of summer leagues and travel basketball, now the Battle of the Bridges locally, that Jeffersonville will not be really, really good next season. They have got all sorts of talent lined up. And a lot of young guys now for a couple years have gotten a lot of minutes and starting assignments. And the Red Devils, under the direction of Sharon Wilkerson, I think i got to put them as our top local team in the area next year. And behind the Red Devils, I would have Providence. I think Ryan Miller's Providence team is right there and ready to go. They had a great summer as well. So excited about high school basketball, but we've got a few months before we can dig into that seriously as we've got high school football beginning. And also, don't forget this week, a lot of volleyball teams get underway with their first regular season game. So it is going to get busy from a local perspective and a fall sports perspective here in southern Indiana, and it's a great thing to see as uh, high school sports back for the year, uh, the school year of 23-24. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. Zach is at IU football practice. We'll talk a little football. We'll get into conference realignment as well. Stay with us. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling, serving the Kentuckiana area, specializing in residential changeout. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling offers free second opinions. If you get some bad news from your heating and air guy, call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. 812-786-0469 for a second opinion. Call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. Again, 812-786-0469. Governor Holcomb, I love how high school sports teach the importance of the journey. I couldn't agree more, Commissioner Neidig. Before any measure of success is achieved, like making a winning play or earning a state championship, student-athletes go on an essential journey that humbles and teaches them every step of the way. The lessons learned along the journey of high school sports are about so much more than just the game. Student-athletes learn how to persevere through adversity, never give up, and to get better every day. 
This second classroom teaches the skills, behaviors, and attitudes student athletes need to be successful on the playing field and in life. There's no better training ground for today's teens on their way to becoming tomorrow's leaders. Support the vital work of education-based athletics by buying a ticket to your high school's athletic events. This is keeping education in front of athletics. This is the journey of high school sports. This is your IHSAA. When design is key to your landscape project, give Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge has more experience than any landscape company in the area. Remember, Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key to your project and you want the most experienced landscaping company in the area, give Walnut Ridge a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call on someone who's invested in your success. I'm Scott Aldridge, your Jeffersonville Edward Jones Financial Advisor. At Edward Jones, we believe in building a complete picture of your financial life, including your unique goals and passions, so we can help you work toward achieving what's most important to you. Call me at 812-282-0000 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones member SIPC. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us. Don't forget the Thornton's text line always open during our program. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach, I believe you are joining us today from IU football practice. Fall camp is underway. And there are a number of opportunities this week for media to get out, see portions of practices, and also get a chance to interview the coaches and players, including Tom Allen, coming up as well. So great to have you with us. And uh, any IU football tidbits to pass along as we begin our conversation today? So uh, our, the, the viewing portion of practice is over. So I think, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're keeping all their, their best secrets to themselves. I understand. Uh, Coach Allen coming up. Is it a chance to speak with him today or later this week? That's later this week. We're going to be talking to uh, wide receivers today. Allen and Walt Bell will both talk on Wednesday. And then uh, if, if people are looking for uh, just the annual signpost, Saturday will be the annual Big Ten Network visit. Um, the, the, the Big Ten Network tailgate show will be in town on Saturday. All right. That signals that college football, the IU football, the Big Ten football season <laughs> just around the corner coming up a little bit later this month. Zach, we've got to start with conference realignment. So much activity late last week into the weekend. Washington and Oregon uh, very soon will be the newest members of the Big Ten Conference, which obviously affects things from a football perspective, but all sports as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I whether you like it or don't, I think we could all see further sort of 
expansion coming. At this point, it feels a little bit less like expansion and a little bit more like uh, consolidation. And I think we probably also will probably should start calling it college football expansion uh, or consolidation as much as, as, as conference um, because it is all very football-driven. And I think a lot of this is, you know, especially if you look at this particular case, the fact that Oregon and Washington are going to be willing to take uh, reduced shares of the annual Big Ten allocation for the entirety of the current media deal, which still has, what, six years left to run, um, or I guess six and a half or almost seven, um, rather than saying the Pac-12 kind of tells you, you know, what you need to know about where people, where, where people at Oregon and Washington thought the future of the Pac-12 was going. Um, again, you can like it, you can not like it, I think we're probably reaching a point where it, it feels like it's doing as much harm long-term as good, but it just kind of is. It, it, <laughs> the train is rolling down the track. There's no, there's no rolling it back at this point. And, Zach, you could help uh, us understand this, but so much of this has to do with television rights and money and not about rivalries or what makes sense from a geographic perspective or really anything that fans or media think about first when it comes to college football and sports. Is that correct? Is that a fair statement? Yeah. No, I think, I think I mean, a lot of this is being driven by dollars, by television partnerships. Um, you know, I, I, not as simple as the executives at Fox and ESPN calling, um, you know, the Big Ten or the SEC and saying, we need you to go get these guys, but it's, you know, it's not super far off either. And, and it is, you know, it's, it's to an extent about, you know, feeling like essentially um, there's going to come a time where the music will stop playing if you're in Oregon or Washington and you've got to make sure that, you know, you kind of get out of the game of musical chairs before that happens. And again, you know, we can have conversations about whether that's a good thing. Um, it's probably not. And I do think it, it, you know, again, it does feel like there will come a point where we do start to see some sort of negative return on this from the perspective of fan engagement and what fans want and what actually kind of, you know, gets fans uh, engaged, watching sports, attending events, et cetera. Um, but it is very much more driven by revenues and exposure and just a sense, I think at this point, you know, for a long time it was about sort of maximizing revenues. At this point, a lot of these television contracts aren't necessarily going to get bigger. Um, and the ones that do, a lot of that money is probably going to come from, you know, reducing somebody else's television contract, if you understand what I'm saying. And so basically, you're trying to get to a place where you're, you're among the haves um, that are probably cashing some of these checks at the expense of the have-nots. And again... I understand anybody who doesn't particularly care for that that long-term outlook, but I think that that is where we are at this point. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, Zach, uh, at IU Football Practice today and joining us to talk for his uh, weekly segment on the program. Zach, I, I know that um, we, you know, we've hit on some of this, but uh, it, it's about television contracts. It's about big business. So as we race to super conferences, it looks like two, maybe three, where is the Big Ten in that race? Obviously, they're going to be one of the big dogs. I think everybody agrees on that. But where are they at? Where do they stand? And, you know, is the Notre Dame the next major score for the Big Ten Conference? How big, how spread out could this thing become? 
Well, spread out in terms of conferences, I think you're only going to see it consolidated. Obviously, spread out in terms of schools. Yeah, I think I think I think what will probably wind up happening. I guess I shouldn't say probably because I don't think anybody knows for certain. I think what you know has a a good chance of happening is that you wind up with two or three major conferences and. You know, at least one of those obviously will be national in the Big Ten. You do feel like the SEC is more likely to stay relatively regional, but I mean that's you know that's regional relative to the fact that the SEC already has between Alabama, LSU, Georgia, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, et cetera, some of the biggest football brands in in, in the sport. Um, so I think that you know, for the moment, anyway. Obviously, I think we, we, we all feel like the Pac-12 is, is headed for uh, a premature demise. The Big 12 seems to have consolidated itself for the moment. The ACC is kind of in this constant state of sort of swirl and flux in terms of, you know, the, the, the grant of rights and some of the bigger schools maybe not being happy with the, the annual television revenue payouts and things like that. Um, but I think that it, it, for the moment, you know, I don't think we're going to see another con- another conference contract tomorrow, but I think we are just going to continue to kind of see these conferences consolidate until we get to a, you know, maybe even a place where it looks a little bit like a, an NFC and an AFC. I think that's a, a theory a lot of people have. I think I think there's also just kind of a question of what the structure of the sport will be, and a lot of that. Zach, are you still with us? may have lost Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Interesting to hear him talk about the overall structure of things because my next point, my next question for him was once we get to a super conference status, what happens to the NCAA? Could that mark the beginning of the end maybe for the NCAA? Zach, are you back with us? Can you you hear me? Got you now. Did you hear my my point or my next question? What what do you think the future of the NCAA could be? I think that's a fair question. I think, you know, when you talk about why schools or why an organ, for example, might be chasing revenues, you know, and, and, and you know, chasing it at a time like this specifically, you know, the precipitating event for this round of, of uh, conference contraction, conference consolidation, whatever, um, was the fact that the Pac-12 was trying to renew its television deal and essentially too many of the Pac-12 schools just felt that locking themselves into that deal for any serious length of time was going to cause them to fall significantly behind financially. And that's, um, you know, against the backdrop of, you know, feeling like we're headed toward a place where maybe schools have to start, you know, providing NIL opportunities directly for players. Maybe schools have to, um, maybe we're getting to a place where schools are just going to have to flat out share revenue with athletes. And, you know, those, those numbers aren't going to start from zero. Um, you're going to have to pull that money from somewhere else in your budget to start paying athletes if that's where we're going. And so schools are going to say, well, then we've got to find a way to maximize our budgets or we're going to have to start cutting things. We're not going to be as competitive or other schools going to be able to pay more, et cetera. And so, you know, when, when you talk about anything from revenue sharing to NIL to whatever else, you're starting to talk, obviously, in terms of dollars and cents about, you know, budgets and where things fit from a wider sort of, you know, philosophical perspective, you're talking about the future of college athletics. And I think at that point, you do start to 
get to a place. And we've seen people call for this, you know, a number of different times. We've, I've seen a number of sort of high-profile people call for this now, basically football to split off, leave the NCAA, do its own thing, become its own sort of entity, and, and just kind of leave everything else to, to a more traditional college-like model. I don't know how practical that really is. But one way or another, the, the fewer conferences you have and the more their needs align with one another and align, do not align with the NCAA's wider mission, the NCAA's wider philosophies, et cetera, the more likely you are to see the NCAA, at least as we know it, cease to exist and be replaced. Now, maybe it, maybe the NCAA carries on, um, but only does, you know, Division Two, Division Three. Um, maybe the NCAA is, is sort of, you know, broken into pieces and one is, is you know, kind of remade to, to be more fit for purpose for the bigger conferences, while others, again, you know, deal with maybe the FCS or, again, Division Two, Division Three, et cetera. Um, but, uh, again, the, the, you know, the, the more you see these conferences consolidate and the more it feels like the, the requirements of their missions deviate from the NCAA's longstanding sort of practices, the more likely it is that I think you see some sort of break like that. Yeah, definitely. Zach Ostrom and the Indianapolis Star with us. Zach, I do want to catch some IU basketball with you. I brought this up in our headline segment today. Uh, the NCAA has approved a fifth assistant coach. Uh, we've seen a lot of announcement recently from different schools that have promoted someone, maybe from their support staff, to be an on-the-floor coach. And then, of course, in some cases, uh, schools will bring in a new face. Any insight into what Mike Woodson could be doing or working on for that new NCAA allotted coaching position? Nothing yet. I, I think, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say, you know, Indiana's going to make sure it has as many coaches on the floor in coaching situations as it can. Um, you know, and I think we heard Calvert Chaney talk about how one of the, and I don't know if maybe this is just their, um, this is just this, kind of their, their quiet solution, but I know we've heard Calvert Chaney talk about how one of the things that really appealed to him about coming back to college from obviously working with the Pacers for a handful of years was the fact that he would be able to work with players on the floor and he would be able to you know, kind of impact more directly. Because if you recall, in his previous stint with Indiana, he was director of, of operations and then director of operations and I think also something like player personnel or player development, something like that. But at that time, those positions could not be on the floor coaching. And I think the only time that Calvert was able to do assistant coach sort of recognized things um, was when Benny Seltzer left to be the head coach of Sanford between the 2012 and 2013 seasons. And for a while, Calvert filled in on an interim basis. But obviously, eventually, Indiana hired Kenny Johnson. Um, you know, I think it's it's not kind of clear where Indiana is going to go with this, but I think it's fair to say, again, when you think about bringing in a Calvert Cheney, bringing in a Jordan Halls, et cetera, um, Indiana is going to make sure they've got the right person. You know, they've, they've, they've got the right person, but that they've got as many people on the floor maximizing those opportunities as they can. And it's also worth saying, you know, players aren't here right now. They're This is one of the few times a year that college basketball is truly out of season. Um, so... You know, we're not, it's not like Indiana's losing time if it hasn't addressed this yet, but um, you'd be shocked if, if they're not uh, maximizing this once they can. Zach, you never know ultimately what could happen, but it's hard to see Mike Woodson going out of his current staff, Calvert Chaney or Jordan Hulls, to fill this position. 
Possibly. And again, you know, it, it is the only thing I would say is it's worth remembering. It's, of course, a potential promotion, you know, depending. Um, there's got to be interest on both sides. You know, someone like Calvert Chaney might say, you know, I, I came here for this role and that's what I'm interested in. I mean, when, when Indiana hired Kenny Johnson, um, there was a kind of a, a widely held belief Calvert didn't necessarily want to step into that role yet. You know, of, of the full-time assistant. Again, that was a long time ago, so I don't want to speak for them now. But the other part, too, is, you know, somebody's got to be doing these jobs. And so if you're going to promote somebody from your staff, then you're, you're going to need to have a, you know, then, then your plan may be less about promoting somebody else and, you know, somebody you already have and more about figuring out before you make that promotion who you're going to go hire to replace them so that the transition is as seamless as possible. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He joins us Monday. Zach, Let's flip back to football as we let you go, and we are up against the commercial break. But uh, as you think more about IU football and you're around fall camp, Big Ten media days are over, what about a win total or projected Zach Osterman win total for this IU football team? What do you think? Yeah, I, I can't say I've got one yet. Um, and, and it, you know, it, it, some of it's Indiana and, and still trying to figure out, you know, where some of these position battles are and things like that. There's so much turnover on this roster and, so many spots that are, are going to be likely to be occupied by players that are either, you know, fairly young or maybe transferred in last year. But the other part of it is trying to figure out what else, you know, what to make of other teams on Indiana's schedule. Jeff Brom at Louisville, new head coach. Luke Fickle at Wisconsin, new head coach. You know, where's Mich- where, where will Michigan State and Illinois be deep into the season, much less Purdue, another team with a new head coach? Um, it's just kind of, it's, it's hard to get a feel, not just for Indiana, but for kind of the path in front of Indiana, so to speak. And so uh, forgive me for um, the cop-out answer, but I really don't have one just yet. I think the Vegas the Vegas line that I've seen has been three and a half. So basically you think they'll hit three wins or four wins. <sighs> I'd maybe, I'd punch the over softly, you know. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I'm not confident in that just yet. Yeah, understand. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, as always, thanks. I know it was hectic today with practice, but we always appreciate us when you appreciate you when you can squeeze us in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, Zach, with us Mondays on the show, we talk IU basketball and football. I tell you what, looking at the IU football schedule, September second is when it begins against Ohio State. That stretch after Ohio State, we know that's a tough one even at home for the Hoosiers. So the Indiana State game on September 8th, which is a Friday night game, I hate those, a Saturday game, September 16th with Louisville, and then the September 23rd game against Akron. And I'll even add in the Maryland game on September 30th. Of course, after that, it's Michigan on October 14th after a bye week. That stretch between Ohio State and the bye week or Ohio State and the Michigan game in between there. Uh, We know Ohio State's impossible. Michigan going to be almost as impossible. But in between that situation, Indiana State, Louisville, Akron, Maryland, those are big, big opportunities for Indiana to get to that three, four win total, maybe right there. Uh, We'll see how it plays out. But to me, that is a really, really important stretch of the season. And I tell you what, that Louisville game, which is going to be played at Lucas Oil Stadium, on September 16th, uh, that's a huge game. 
for Indiana, the way the schedule sets up. And it's two teams, a lot of excitement with Louisville right now, and of course Jeff Brom, but uh, that is going to be a big one. I know that Brom is recruiting well, and Louisville looks to be set up for the future, but Indiana and Louisville in a mid-September game could be huge if Indiana is going to find a way to best that Vegas prediction, as Zach just told us, of three and a half wins, and maybe get bowl eligible. It's possible. It's a long shot, but IU football coming up. We'll head to a commercial break. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director and IHSAA Executive Board member is with us next. We'll talk Battle of the Bridges, high school football, and winning time, the HBO series that Chad and I love so very much about the Showtime Lakers, coming up next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling, serving the Kentuckiana area, specializing in residential changeout. Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling offers free second opinions. If you get some bad news from your heating and air guy, call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. 812-786-0469 for a second opinion. Call Mitch Craig Heating and Cooling. Again, 812-786-0469. Governor Holcomb, I love how high school sports teach the importance of the journey. I couldn't agree more, Commissioner Neidig. Before any measure of success is achieved, like making a winning play or earning a state championship, student-athletes go on an essential journey that humbles and teaches them every step of the way. The lessons learned along the journey of high school sports are about so much more than just the game. Student-athletes learn how to persevere through adversity, never give up, and to get better every day. This second classroom teaches the skills, behaviors, and attitudes student-athletes need to be successful on the playing field and in life. There's no better training ground for today's teens on their way to becoming tomorrow's leaders. Support the vital work of education-based athletics by buying a ticket to your high school's athletic events. This is keeping education in front of athletics. This is the journey of high school sports. This is your IHSAA. When design is key to your landscape project, give Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge has more experience than any landscape company in the area. Remember, Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key to your project and you want the most experienced landscaping company in the area, give Walnut Ridge a call at 812-288-6691. Walnut Ridge Landscape and Design. When design is key. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call on someone who's invested in your success. I'm Scott Aldridge, your Jeffersonville Edward Jones Financial Advisor. At Edward Jones, we believe in building a complete picture of your financial life, including your unique goals and passions, so we can help you work toward achieving what's most important to you. Call me at 812-282-0000 or visit edwardjones.com to get started today. Edward Jones member SIPC. 
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back here on this Monday edition of the program. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line, but it's just a habit for me to read it. I can't access it today, so uh, anything you've sent we'll take a look at, hopefully, on the Tuesday edition of our program. A reminder, this week we'll be live Monday through Thursday in the 11 a.m. hour. There will be no show on Friday coming up a little bit later this week. Chad Gilbert, Athletic Director at Charlestown High School and IHSAA Executive Board member joins us in this segment as we talk local sports. Today we'll talk Battle of the Bridges. That game was Saturday night, always a back-to-school classic, uh, kind of setting up the upcoming high school basketball season. A little bit about high school football and the big Charlestown-Silver Creek Battle of 403. And hopefully we have some time to talk about Chad and I's favorite show. And I'm not a TV guy, but winning time about the Showtime Lakers. It's on HBO and season two debuted on Sunday. Chad, great to have you with us. Battle of the Bridges, Saturday night in Louisville. It kind of is a signal that high school basketball, yep, it's still a little bit away, but the school year is here. Fall sports is here. And it was a good preview to what Southern Indiana hoops could look like a few months from now. Matt, the Battle of the Bridge has been going on for a long time. Uh, Gary Darby, a Charlestown guy, has put that together. Mr. Hoop, Showtime Baby, you, if you're familiar with him, Gary and I hooked up years and years ago. If you remember, Matt, we used to have a three-on-three when I was the girls' coach at Jeffersonville out in front of the school. Um, a three-on-three basketball tournament where Gary would bring in all the goals and uh it was a successful tournament I can remember you know one year of a Mont Rowan playing in the open division and it's just uh something that brings back a lot of memories and something that Mr. Hoops does a lot of things like that with whether it's that or four on four and I know he's four on four football and I know he's been doing battle of the bridges for quite a long time um and battle of the bridges sometimes you know you get the best players around sometimes you don't I think they did it a little different this year, Matt. Didn't they play some games leading up to, like, the all-star game at the end? They've had a tournament the last number of years. It's a typical travel tournament that goes on. The Battle of the Bridges games are the highlight on Saturday. So, yeah, some some additional basketball outside of the all-star games. It's kind of cool with that to bring that in with it. But, uh, you know, looking at it, I I did not go over. I had some people go over, but they said that, they had some kids in there from away from the area, you know, whether it was Trent Sicily or the, uh, what's the kid? He's from, where's he from, Matt? From Greencastle, maybe? Is that it? Uh, Greenfield Central, Braylon Mullins. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I left it out of my notes this morning. He had 50 plus points in a game. I don't think it was the Battle of the Bridges game itself, but he was playing on a travel team, a different team this weekend, and he had 50 plus points in, I think, the semifinal game of that division. So uh, he's a guy really exploding. And Coach Shrewsbury at Notre Dame, I think earlier today, offered him a scholarship. So his list of high major offers is growing, it seems, daily. That is correct, Matt. And, you know, I'll talk it on Coach Shrewsbury just a little bit. Ryan Owens, uh, who played at USI with me, a point guard, uh, 
He was heavily involved in the Indy Heat. He's helping coach Shrewsbury. They go back to what way back to the uh, college days when they were both coaching. Man, help me out. I think it was that uh, Franklin or or DePaul. I think no. I take it back. Maybe DePaul. Well, I think yeah, Kyle I Brummett, who's, who's at Wabash now, an old Jeffersonville guy is coaching at Wabash now. They think I, I think it was DePaul. Excuse me, I know I know it was DePaul. They were together. And they've created relationships. And it wasn't Hanover, was it? There. It wasn't Hanover. No, was that's it? where no Hanover was uh, where Micah went and played. You know, okay. we worked several basketball camps, and that's a whole. We need to do a story, a, a thing with Coach Beitzel. Hopefully, Coach Beitzel can get in the Hall of Fame at some point. In, in Indiana, on uh, just you know the number of guys who have worked camp who have been on to be coaches, whether it's Micah Shrewsbury, Brad Stevens, Dave Benner, Hank Whedon, Stacy Meyer, you know the list can go on and on and on for the people that have worked Hanover camp and the kids that have attended in Southern Indiana. It's just just amazing. But that connection with Micah Shrewsbury up there, he's going to have things going on at Notre Dame, man. It's going to be awesome for them. It's always good to see a guy from around here do well. Yeah, absolutely. Glad you brought that connection up. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, high school football coming up on Friday night, and it always sets up perfectly. You're the only AD in the area that's a regular weekly guest on our show, partially because of your knowledge. The other part, being an IHSA executive board member, you bring a great voice to promoting high school sports in our area. But it sets up nicely because this is a big game for Charlestown every year you've got to love this week one battle of 403 rivalry and this year i know it's not at the boneyard which is a great place you guys have done an awesome job creating an environment there a setup there but it is at silver creek and i can't wait to see their new facility on friday night well matt you know we still got the scrimmage this weekend at Floyd. So oh i'm we'll get, sorry we'll get, i'm a week ahead just sorry you, you are a week ahead but the the excitement the anticipation is growing by the day you know you talked about me being on the show. I thought that was because we were such good buddies from way back. But I understand, I understand where you come from there. But leading up to the Battle of 403, it's always a great night. You know, I'll tell you why it's a Battle of 403 is because you're battling 403 to get there. The traffic is backed up back past my house to get to Sellersburg on that night. So you better get there early. It is uh, something that we're hoping they've got. I, I drove by the uh, field a couple of times. Miss Amy won't let me drive by anymore. I got a uh, screw in the minivan tire, so we can't drive by anymore. Look at the <laughs> construction of it because the, the um, they're still underway. But I'm hoping that the scoreboard or something does not work, and we can host that game here. If you remember three or four years ago, our field wasn't done, and uh, John Dablo got to host at Silver Creek, and I'd like to host that game this year. Just he could return the favor. I think that'd be very nice of it. <laughs> Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, the, the Charlestown football team, I think it's one of the teams to watch this coming season. Have you had a chance to drop over at some of the summer practices or now that school's back in the official practices and see what uh, Jay Hawk, Coach Hawkins, is putting together? You know, Coach Hawkins is a veteran coach. He's got a great staff around him. He's got a lot of kids who uh, can do a lot of different things. I think, you know, we've lost some kids from last year. We were very, very good last year. We had a great year. And he's got some holes to fill. But, you know, when you have kids that have kind of played through and they've, they've waited their time, I think it's just a matter of those guys stepping up and having that confidence to fill those holes. I know Coach Hawkins is excited about the season, you know, and it's something that our first two games, you know, really dictate how we're going to go. We've got Silver Creek and Brownstown. If we can get off to a good start over there, we have a good chance every year to be very, very 
very good, have special seasons, 10-0, and 9-1 seasons, if we can get past those types of deals. But we'll see how it goes. I know, I know it's creeping up here, and I know it's an exciting time for a lot of people. I just hope the communities, the kids, and the players enjoy it. Because, you know, it, you and I talking right now, Matt, it seems like we brought this, had this conversation last week, and we're a year ago talking about hosting it here. So, I mean, time flies for these kids, and time flies for the parents, everything that goes in with it. Back your teams, enjoy them, get out there, and uh, have fun because time goes by too quick. Yeah, you're exactly right. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad, I've saved the last couple minutes of this segment for a show, and I, I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm not a TV guy. I, I don't watch a lot of series, just not into that, don't have a lot of time for that, but I don't know if it was you or how I got hooked on Winning Time on HBO. It's about the Showtime Lakers. It's not all factually exact or true. I know that's a disclaimer that appears on there at the start of each episode. But season two got underway last night, and it appears from what we saw last night at the end of episode one that Larry Bird or an actor playing Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics are going to play a big role in season two. You know, how exciting is that? You think Magic Johnson's happy about last night's episode, Matt? I'd say not. I'm not I don't think so either. Okay, <laughs> kind of put Magic in, in a tough spot. You know, but I, I, I'd tell Amy about different things, and I'd say, you know, I'm, I'd, say, I'd point out people. I said, I'm pretty sure that guy is Michael Thompson. I said, that's Clay Thompson's dad, you know, who plays now, where you can kind of put the things together. You know, Magic about his knee. You, you think about Magic, and you may be a little too young with this, you always think about that sleeve he had on his knee. You know, I never knew he was injured like that. I, I just thought that sleeve was part of his deal. But you, you'll see him, I'm sure, in the year of the episodes moving forward, him wearing that purple knee sleeve on there. It's just part of it. But, you know, I know there's a lot of different ways to go with that one. But I thought the most intriguing thing was just the struggle that he and Kareem had, like whose team it was. I thought that was a pretty good, as- a pretty neat aspect to see how it came about. And just the struggles of being on top and staying on top. And I, I thought that was really cool. And you know you know what a Larry Bird guy I am. I'd love to see that. But, my gosh, that actor, did he not just look have all his mannerisms, the same shots, the same voice? Uh, it showed him, Mikel, yeah. and Paris. You know, you, and you think about those. It, it just takes you back. And the guys that are my agents remember that. You had to wait till 1130 to watch those games on Channel 11. You know, it had, like, Dick Stockton announcing it with Tommy Heights. It's just great, great basketball. Brings back a lot of memories. Just a great show. Yeah, we got to get out of here, Chad, but i got to bring this up. I'm terrible on actors and actors' names. I just don't pay much attention to movies and TV shows. But Pat Riley in this Adrian series. Adrian Brody. Absolutely my favorite character for sure. It is so good, awesome to see Pat hey, Riley, about a young writing? Pat Riley. What about the writing? They've already set the tone wherever Paul Westfall said uh, – you know, I got this new thing I'm putting in my hair. It's called Moose. You ought to try it. <laughs> but so they're setting it up for him to come with the slick hair, man. It's just, just such a great show. I love it. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. I can't wait for next Sunday night in episode two. And that's a rare thing for me to say when it comes about uh, television shows. Chad, thank you. Have a great week. Hope back to school is going well, and we'll talk soon. Matt, appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday program. Check us out as a podcast if you missed a live show. Back with you Tuesday, 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
WXVW, Jeffersonville.